page and a half, page and three quarters of notes. I have no notes because I did not anticipate needing to take Us notes. doing this. Yeah. Yeah, because part of me realized like when we were watching it that it was definitely something we would cover on the podcast. But mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. And then I was like, you know what? I'll remember. I'll remember this movie because what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I was really nervous that I was going to dread this the whole way through. And you had even said like, oh, maybe watch it in parts, which I've done with other movies. So I'm like, yeah, that's totally going to happen. Like, I'm just going to do that. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, but I kind of got to know what the fuck's going on. Like, I'm really... And there's no... Oh, we'll get into it. But (laughs) I I just kind of sat there the whole time like, and then... And then, like, I just, (laughs) I didn't know something was coming. Like, I, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. But I needed to know. So I did watch this little over two-hour movie in one sitting. I managed. This is I Hate It. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And we're talking about... um, The killing of a sacred deer. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, The deer sacrifice. Yeah. (laughs) I keep... I killed the deer. I keep switching it. By accident, like I'll keep writing the sacred killing of yes, a deer. Yes, I want to say sacred first, and then I'm like the, yeah. the sacrifice of a deer. I don't, I don't know. Because are we sac- technically yes, but yeah, but like, but that's not the implication. I don't know. I feel like that would make a little more sense given the context, at least in the la- latter part of the movie. I'm trying to find the description that. Oh, maybe maybe it was the Netflix description. Because the scene is, it's Friday night, Alberto and I are like, maybe we should watch a movie, but we're so terrible at picking movies, like just really awful. So Mm -hmm. Alberto is naming movies, whatever. And then he suggests this one. He reads the Netflix description. A surgeon's carefully curated life edges toward disaster when a troubled teenage boy with mysterious motives begins to impose himself on his family. Now, accurate, yes, but I feel like... Way more intriguing? Way more. Made it sound like it was going (laughs) to be way more interesting or at least outright thrilling. The movie is designed to be suspenseful. And I suppose... I was going to say it should be. I suppose it kind of is. I mean, I agree with you in that I think the only reason we kept watching was because we were like, well, this has to get better. This has to Mm -hmm. become interesting at some point. And now we've invested time. Like, we just kind of want to see where it goes. And it just, it never really gets to a boiling point. It kind of simmers. And I feel like it never reaches its full potential. No. And I'll tell you why. Because them being fucking monotone the entire Mm. movie with no emotion. Yes. There's one scene where Colin Farrell shows emotion. One. (sighs) In... The whole two hours. Yeah. We get maybe three minutes of a little bit of erratic behavior. Mm -hmm. Other than that. Flat. Flat. Yeah. I'm like, do any of these people laugh? I know. Do they smile? Nicole Kidman smiles for like a second, but like it doesn't feel like a real smile. No. It's like very, like they were literally reading off script. Yes. Because they hadn't, like there was no charisma. There was no, it's just. Yeah. Personality behind right. any of it. Right. To guess what was going to happen or to guess motives or anything behind anybody. It, it was impossible. Impossible. And that's why we kept watching. Yeah. Right. Because it was just like, well, like, where is this going? Because mm-hmm. it's clearly not going where you think it's going. And for me, part and parcel with the the flat manner in which all of the lines are delivered the dialogue was very strange. Robotic. And even just the way certain sentences are phrased, it's very bizarre. Old timing. Yes. Like, I felt like, what what time period are we in right, right. now? Yeah, and even, like, when, just a random example, when Colin Farrell's kids meet, oh, my God, what's his name? Martin. Martin. I want to say Daniel for a second. I don't know why. When the kids meet, Martin, the daughter is just like, yeah, I just got my period. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that <What>? whole interaction. <laughs> and then this, the, there were things that they kind of honed in on mm-hmm. that made no comeback later. Like that exact scene 
they honed in on the fact that both Bob and Martin had the same exact sneakers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this we're going to come back to th- There's something important about that. Sure. And then, no, there wasn't. Yeah. And even this thing with the daughter having her period, that's really not significant relevant in any way shape or form and it's just awkward because there's even like her parents are at a party and like they're talking to one of the uh, the dad's friends or something and he's just like oh yeah and um and our daughter just got her period yeah she's uh blossoming into a woman it's like what (laughs) yeah they just they're not so they don't they're socially awkward people but everyone is like no one they seems all to are. think that they're weird for doing this because everyone has the same communication style and it's disturbing. <laughs> and I mean, it only gets worse and tragedy can't even have excitement. Like I felt like that was even pretty blasé. Yes, like it was a very subtle, like quiet <laughs> sort of end. That's why I'm saying like even the climax of this movie, it never really gets to the fever pitch that you kind of expect. And then it's just over and you're like, oh. And then it's over. <laughs> okay. And then me sitting there doing all my research. Now, did you look into the Greek tragedy that this was based on? And now I hope that you concur with me in saying very, very loosely based on this. Oh, very loosely based. <laughs> but it, tragedy. it did make it a little more interesting for me. I think trying to relate the two as much as I could and then understanding where the title came from. I was like, okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, I guess if you want to be literal, you got it from the actual story. That's fine. Didn't they not kill the deer in the tragedy? Or like they like I was reading the Wikipedia article, I think, and they were saying the sacred deer part was an add-on that they that they can't really confirm was actually part of the original tragedy. I mean, that makes sense because the original tragedy is human. I mean it's It's a human sacrifice. Like it was one of those oopsies. <laughs> well, okay. Kind of moments Just of like for anybody unfamiliar with Greek mythology, basically the story is that Agamemnon is getting ready. I love that name, by the way. It's quite a mouthful. Um, <laughs> I think when I was reading it, I purposely read it out loud to myself because I just Agamemnon. find it so cool. Agamemnon. So okay, sorry. he's getting ready to go off to war, but he can't sail his ships because one of the goddesses is pissed. And in order to appease this goddess, what he has to do is sacrifice his eldest daughter. And that's the very short Cliff Notes version, there's like back and forth. The the family finds out he's doing this. They're really upset. Ultimately, the daughter is like, I will sacrifice myself. I don't mind doing this. So take me off to do my duty. And like, that's the story. And then there's apparently potentially an alternate ending where a deer is sacrificed in place of the daughter. But historians seem to not really be able to confirm if that was actually part of the original or if it was added at a later time by somebody else. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really fit here. (laughs) There's a sacrifice. (laughs) There is a sacrifice, which, I mean, I'll be honest, I had texted you and I said, to me, the only likable character in this movie was Bob. Yeah, Bob was Which is tragic. It's, you know, like, go figure. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the point. But um, let's let's just I know, kinda we have to kind of get into it. <laughs> um, I will say that the start of this movie stayed on black screen instrumental for way too long, and I'm like, is there something wrong <laughs> with my TV? Like, there's sound, no picture. What's going on? And then, which I read, a real close up open heart surgery is happening. Oh yes, yeah. In your face. Right. It reminds me of the opening of Uncut Gems where you're watching the colonoscopy. Yeah. It's it's a fact that they used a real open heart surgery for that, which I was like, great. That's lovely. Fascinating. Somebody's overexposed in this film. <laughs> and, again, and again, it just starts so awkward. He finishes his... He's a um, cardiologist, mm-hmm. Stephen. Colin Farrell. He's a cardiologist... And he's done with his surgery, scrubs out, whatever. And he's walking in the hall with the anesthesiologist, also a friend of his. I forget his name. And they just start talking about watches. And I'm like, what mm. the fuck? Right. Is this coming back later? And again, Which I mean, it, it does. 
But again, yeah. it's very, very awkward conversation. And I think I texted you when I was watching it almost immediately to be like, the acting from Colin Farrell in this movie and everyone else is bafflingly terrible. <laughs> it's like, so I feel, bad. I'm sure they were given like stage direction. I like, hope do you so. Think they were, <laughs> right? Because I feel like if they were, because Colin Farrell's fantastic. Nicole Kidman, fantastic. To think that they could do a full movie in that type of tone right. and just totally boring doesn't seem right. Yeah, it has to be an intentional choice. Which would then mean, are they good actors? <laughs> we have they to were question everything. Ev that's what this movie does. It makes you question kind of everything. Yeah. So we get into this huge talk about this watch, gorgeous watch. Well, I wouldn't get a leather band. I'd get the... Silver, you know, the titanium band, whatever it is. How water resistant is it? I mean, we're getting yeah. into all the details of this watch. Right. And you find out that Steven has purchased the watch and is gifting it to this teenager, Martin. Yes, who seems on the spectrum. I also <laughs> agree. And that was what was sort of odd throughout the movie because at times it was like, is he? Or... Is he not? Yeah, because I, I feel like there's an evil genius anecdote there where it's like being on the spectrum also can make you the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where they were going with this, too, where it's like he's introduced to us and to this family as just this good teenage boy, which I'll be honest, in the beginning, I must have said a couple of times, I'm like, oh, he's so sweet. Um, <laughs> Jeez, because he was well no he was polite and it was you know you understood that he had that like nervousness of like the over talking and oversharing. you know he had that way about him and you're just kind of like oh Stephen has a lot of patience for this kid right and you immediately wonder why and so Alberto uh -huh. and I had been speculating we were like oh is this like a child from a previous marriage like me too, me too. the product of an affair or something but it's not you come mm -mm. to find out that this is the son of a former patient of Stevens. He operated on him, and unfortunately, the guy died on the table. So I guess out of some degree of guilt, Steven has been meeting with him fairly regularly. But this happened like two years ago, right? He says mm -hmm. it's been a while. It's been a decent amount of time. So yeah. that makes this whole thing very strange to me in terms of timing. Why now? You know? Or has it been going on for the two years? Yeah, but they only start getting sick now. You know, like the ultimatum only comes out at this point. I guess because he had to meet them first. And it took him two years to do that. <laughs> well, that's on Steven. Because it made it seem like Steven was the one that it, did, it took him to initiate. Like, hey, can you do me a favor and meet my family? Which was a weird way to phrase that. Yeah. Yes. Very How strange. is it a favor? But whatever. I don't know. I guess thinking maybe Martin would feel awkward, which is why I thought it was a child from another marriage or a right. child from an affair. Right. But he's not really hiding it from his family and, no. and has no reservations about inviting Martin over to dinner. And he does agree to go to dinner at Martin's house with his mother, Alicia Silverstone. Hello. <laughs> Whoa. Random. <laughs> so random. But also the whole scene is. Oh, my God. Fucking weird. Bizarre. I, I, oh, my. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, should we talk about that now? <laughs> I'm jumping all over I mean, the well, place, but that's because I don't I, know. I don't know the linear trajectory. No, it's okay. We're, we're kind of at that point, but he goes to dinner with, he meets, mm -hmm. goes to the house. And this is another one I said that, oh, he's sweet. He, like, brought flowers for Anna, which is Nicole Kidman. Very cute. He brought gifts for um, mm -hmm. Kim and Bob. Cute. Adorable. But even Nicole Kidman is feeling iffy about it. Like, you could tell she's a little standoffish, not really ready. Like, I'm kind of just going along with this because my husband said so. Then, you know, they have dinner. Everything's fine. And then the conversation about, you know, Kim getting her period. And <laughs> sure. Then they talk about body hair. And he's yes. like, can I see your pits? And it's like, can I see your chest? Right. They're comparing they how much body hair the other has. It's... <laughs> Like, Again, puberty is just... The dialogue 
I was written by an AI computer or something that was like pretending to be a teenager. But the thing that's confusing is that nobody reacts to him as though he's weird. No. I think it was weird that nobody pointed it out at all at any point. Everyone else is behaving so oddly in this movie that it's hard to tell if any of them might be on they the could spectrum. All have it. <laughs> yeah. They could all be on it. Exactly. Because, yeah, like you said, they have no real reaction and they kind of respond equally as awkward so it's right. it's totally cool let's all just this was a great first meeting yeah everybody got along <laughs> everybody had a great time and this is when steven agrees to go to dinner and this is the beginning of martin becoming uncomfortably persistent yes and it's the yeah it's the first time that he asks about dinner because it's one of those things like once you say yes once, mm -hmm. you're never saying no again. Right. <laughs> so, right. So we go to this dinner. Yes. And Martin's really intent on having them all watch a movie together. He really wants them to watch this movie together. And Steven's kind of like, I don't know, like I need to get home. You know, my family is going to be wondering where I am. And they, they beg him to stay. And so he does agree to do that. And then like at some point in the movie, Martin like gets up. He's like, sorry, I can't watch the movie with you. I'm going to bed and then just leaves, hoping, I guess, that the two of them are going to hook up now. And then he yeah. stays, which I thought was incredibly weird because his again, his mother does not seem at all phased by the strangeness of this evening. And mm -mm. if I were Steven, as soon as Martin left, I'd be like, OK, you know what? Like, that's my out. Yeah, I'm going to leave now. But then they start to talk about how Martin wants the two of them to hook up. And she's like, oh, are you happily married or something? He's like, yeah, like I have no interest in having an affair with you. What the fuck? <laughs> and and then she gets really obsessed oh. with his hands. Oh, she does. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's so <laughs> gross. Like I'm grossed out by it, actually. I know. And OK, so as somebody who also really appreciates nice hands. Yeah. I have to say, I do understand looking at somebody's hands and just being turned on by their hands. I like a nice pair of hands. Mm -hmm. And this is like a, a unisex thing. I had one female college professor who had the most beautiful hands, very distracting in class. So <laughs> I just, I don't discriminate. A nice pair of hands is a nice pair of hands. But she talks about his hands to a degree that's like uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then she takes one of his hands and just, not ask permission and oh, just no. like makes out with it she's licking it she's sucking on his fingers she's sucking on his fingers <laughs> she gets and into he, it and he, he just sits there pull away. okay thank you because <laughs> i'm like he just sits okay. there what are we supposed to take away from I, this like, i don't is he know going for the gusto or are we just like is he just letting all of this behavior, whether it be Martin or the mom, just slide because he's guilty know. or feels guilty? I mean, that's when I started feeling that way. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I feel like the line is way before finger sucking. You know, you draw that line way before <laughs> finger sucking. <laughs> but again, it was just one of those moments where I sat there and I that's when I started <laughs> to think like I laughed. OK, I he. Oh, yeah, I, I was. It was like I'm like. It was anxious, uncomfortable laughter, but I laughed. <laughs> and, and, oh my God. Because, again, his reaction wasn't yes. like, it wasn't a jump scare, because I would have jumped. Yeah. <laughs> it, he didn't say anything. Like, I think I would have been Nothing. like, oh, what you doing there, lady? Right. And it's not because he seems even remotely tempted to have this affair, because obviously no, she, she's DTF. And he is not interested, which is great for him. So, like, that's one check mark in his good side category but he also doesn't stop the finger sucking and I think that makes him a little bit liable <laughs> yeah I mean we find out he's he's technically very liable this is a good conversation for couples to have so you know everybody talks about what their boundaries are for cheating so tonight just make sure you go home and check with your partner with your spouse, make sure you know where finger sucking lays for them in terms of mm -hmm. cheating. Is is finger sucking cheating? Which base are we at? <laughs> right field. Right field. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so between first and second, got it. Yeah. But just way out there. 
That's <laughs> an in the park home run. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Ah, uh, the metaphors. Uh, so <laughs> okay, th- sorry. Again, this is where have to move this on. is where I realize I said, "Wait a minute! Did Stephen botch the surgery, and he took this kid under his wing as like out of guilt?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I figured that out too soon or whatever, because it was just kind of it's one thing to have been his surgeon, but then to like hang out with this family after is just weird so i'm like he definitely fucked up somewhere (laughs) right because if he has no other attachment to this child and this family then it's very strange the way he is seeking to assuage his guilt is by spending quality time like almost like trying to replace the father that he took away from Mm -hmm. martin and actually and buying a very expensive fucking watch for him. I know. And I was actually wondering if perhaps the only way to resolve this curse would have been if he had banged his mom or agreed to divorce Anna and be Martin's actual father. Interesting, because it was kind of funny. I don't want to say no sooner does Steven get home, but that <laughs> night he legit gets a call. Yeah. From Martin immediately. Because now now we're gonna we're gonna start hitting stalker territory. Yes. And he immediately is like, I had a great time tonight. I told my mom you're coming for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> right. He's and like, he's I like, can't no, do that. I can't fucking come tomorrow. <laughs> like slow slow your roll. And he also tries to start selling his mom to him. Yeah. Like as if he was pouring her out. And it's like, right. what the fuck is I, happening? Yeah, and I think that's that's almost I feel like him saying, like, hey, like you can fix this by doing this one thing and then when steven neglects to do that that's when it escalates to the next level of curse (laughs) whatever whatever that might be yeah so the next morning they're getting ready to leave and bob's not leaving his room and steven's like frustrated he's like okay wait do we know yet that the not uh, yet okay okay because it starts with the symptoms first. Gotcha. Um, okay. So he goes upstairs and Bob's like, I can't move. Like, my legs won't move. Mm-hmm. They're numb. And he's like, I try and I, I can't feel my legs. So it gets to a point where Stephen's like, all right, we're going to the hospital. We've got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So they go to the hospital, take a bajillion tests. Right. And everything's coming up negative. Like, nothing's wrong. There's no, you know, everything's good. So they're like, well, what? He can't fucking walk. Like, he's going to collapse. So he ends up having to stay. And they're just constantly running tests. He also kind of starts not being hungry. He doesn't have an appetite. And at one point during one of the days, Stephen meets up with Martin. And this is where Martin... In his very nonchalant, let me just quickly throw it into conversation and think nobody <laughs> understood what I was talking about. Because he just kind of like moseys it in. Yes. Like, and, okay. But then also, Stephen does not have the appropriate reaction to this news. He has no reaction. Right. Exactly. None. Exactly. And it's almost like this is a common thing that, oh, like, oh, I heard of that happening to somebody I know. And oh, no, it's happening to me now. But like, there's nothing. There's no acknowledgement that this is fucking weird (laughs) he doesn't ask any of the right questions or any questions whatsoever and it yeah to just take this with a grain of salt is kind of odd but martin start you know he goes it's that critical moment we both knew would come someday and i'm like what the fuck again why like what's with the timing right and this is kind of like when you realize like you killed my dad now i'm gonna kill somebody that you love eye for an eye not really not really, because that's... Oh, well, true. Yeah. Well, given the circumstances. But he said, you killed a member of my family, now it's my turn. And the order of which they'll die is... It starts with paralysis, then starvation. Well, no appetite, leading to starvation. Bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> Bleeding eyes. <laughs> which means basically death is there, right there. Right. So they're either going to all get sick like this and die, or... If Steven chooses one family member to just off from the get-go, everyone else can survive. So it's like a Sophie's choice of bad dads. (laughs) Of bad dads. Of dads who really can't 
show any emotion. So now, I guess after the meeting, he kind of, I guess it hits him. Right. And he's like, okay, well, he's already numb. So starvation's next. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the hospital. and He brings Anna donuts bought, with him. Well, no, Anna had bought donuts. Oh, oh. Apple cider donuts. She's like, look, I have these apple cider donuts, whatever. And at that moment, Stephen's walking in. And he's like, you're going to eat these fucking donuts. <laughs> and he starts to, like, shove them down his throat. Anna has no fucking no, reaction. nothing to say about it. She's not even like, um, dear, maybe you you're don't. You're going to choke him and out. And also, let's not forget, she has no idea why he's doing this, why he would be this frantic. So this action right. makes no sense because he's he's angry. Like, he's like, eat this fucking donut, kid. Mm-hmm. And this would trigger anyone to be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? But right, like, she why just are you forcing him? stands oh. there. <laughs> so so Which wild. is why I felt that again, nothing made sense. I don't know where, like, who was I to, who was I supposed to believe throughout this movie? Like, who's the <sighs> bad person? Who's the, you know, who should I be siding with? It just it. They're all robots. So difficult. They are twist ending. They are all cyborgs <laughs> pretending to be human <laughs> in some kind of simulation about revenge. That would actually be a better movie if it ended with an AI race attempting to like recreate human emotions. Huh. Okay. Break well, that but yeah, that's not what this movie was. I'm sorry, everyone. I've, no, <laughs> I've spoiled quality. it for you. Now, this is where I really started to hate a character, and that would be Kim. Yeah. Fucking hated this bitch. I don't understand. I don't. I mean, I, I assume now it's part of whatever powers. Mark I have has. no idea, to be honest. That doesn't is it supposed seem, to be powers. It doesn't like, seem like it's part. Okay. So this is the this is the crux of what bothered me about this movie and it's that we just don't have enough information about the curse or whatever sort of cosmic situation is happening because there has to be something there has to be something making the family members sick and there appear to be parameters to it like Mm -hmm. a timeline specific yeah. (laughs) yeah but we don't know any of the specifics so it's incredibly frustrating to try to understand it because you don't know and and again steven doesn't ask any questions not even like is there anything else I can do? Is there a spell book I can look up in the library to be like counter curses? And I, I don't like there's no effort to treat this like what it is. It's just like, no, we accept this as our new reality. <laughs> and who does that? Exactly. And I was trying to think back too. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, how could he have done this to the three of them and only the three of them? And I'm like, trying to think back. I'm like, did he slip something in their food? <laughs> right. Did he poison them somehow? Did he? And then now I'm the only thing I'm thinking of now is the gifts he only gave. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Them gifts. Okay. I like where you're going with this, but again, like no confirmation of that. So none. If it's true, <laughs> what would have been on it for them to then receive? Right. This- and once again, like it might have been cosmic to some degree, like maybe they were like amulets yeah. or like something carrying whatever curse it is. Like there, there needed to be some more explanation because this is not something that would happen. No, because the rest of like the entirety of the movie does not give off that vibe of cosmic. No. Yeah. Everyone else in- interaction is at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's very so strange. So anyway, Kim like falls in love with Martin. Oh, yeah, she's under this, like, spell of where (laughs) she's just talking like him and she's obsessed with him and needs to talk to him constantly. She offers him her body to, like, have sex and it's just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. By the way, this this actor, I think he, I think Alberta looked it up, I think he was, like, 24 or something when the movie was filmed, but he literally looks like a 16-year-old kid. So... To watch that almost yeah. happen, I was like, oh, please do not. Please do not have sex right now. <laughs> and given just the acting in general, like how he's supposed to be, like it just seemed very, un- it was very uncomfortable. Yes, around. he played an awkward teenager very, very well. Yes. So they're starting to think like the more and more tests they do, they've been in the hospital for a while. They're starting to say like, we think it might be some psychosomatic disorder. Right. And Stephen's like, no, no, it's not. Yet he can't explain anything else. Although he might like, as no. well. Like, everybody else seems pretty cool about it when they find right? out. Right? Could he just say, like, listen, this is the order of which my son's going to get sick. Like, can we just fucking figure it, like, right. put an end to it? 
But no, he keeps his mouth fucking shut and just denies all claims that it's psychosomatic, right? And then he gets extra frustrated. And this was so upsetting because then he takes Bob. Oh, God. And he kind of like launches him <laughs> down the Bob. hallway. Like, <laughs> walk. <this> actor, and, like, <laughs> it's not even the him. last time that he gets like thrown to the floor. <laughs> no. And oh, my God, this poor kid. So then I guess Stephen, assuming maybe Martin like said something that could have mm. initiated all of this says to bob if you're keeping a secret you could tell me we'll tell secrets right <gasps> oh no so okay no, 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 so no, this no, killed no, me no 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 so sorry i, don't I have talk, to, i have to do it i don't want to talk about it <laughs> so he's like listen we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna tell secrets right now listen i tell one you tell one and whosoever's is worse wins whatever i forgot what he said what they win i don't know i don't fuck. even think i think he said like a prize just yeah generically so I forget the premise of the story. All I know is that Stephen, when he was a child. Yeah, he thought right? that he, yes, he thought that he couldn't come very much. Yes, he thought he couldn't ejaculate. And he, he didn't know if it was weird or not. So he um, <laughs> jacked off his dad until he came a lot. Right. And um, his dad was passed out drunk. So uh, even worse, it's rape. <laughs> he raped his own dad. It's, he raped his dad um, <laughs> just to see how much he came. <laughs> kind of amazing that his dad was able to do any of that while completely True. drunk. Yeah, but yeah, what a secret! I mean, dad won. <sighs> dad won. Stephen, hands down. Dad won that secret. <laughs> and and yet again, Bob does not have an appropriate reaction to that. No. Just okay. Um, I don't have any secrets though, so like there would be a look of terror and disgust in my. I face. would have stopped him from talking. I would have been like, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this story, but it needs to end right now. The minute he brought up himself and like, oh, right, am like, well, I you could see, ejaculate? like, no, you I, could see no, where it was stop. going, and then like, I would just no, I would put an end to it, but. But no, Bob just no, sits there and listens. The dad part. I would not have assumed the dad part. And I mean, and then I kind of went back to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh. Where? The what is this scene? shit? Yeah. What yeah. is this shit? So a great she, question. We never get yeah, an answer. Sorry, guys. We have to kind of backtrack just really quickly because I, again, we don't have an answer. But maybe whoever watched it. Yeah, if we're gonna talk about weird sex proclivities for Stephen here. Um, this is definitely high on the list. So it's like right after we meet them and they had their own family dinner, like Martin aside, and they go up to bed and Anna strips down to her bra and underwear and she says to him, general anesthesia, and he goes, yeah. And I'm like, okay, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. She lays down on the bed, head hanging off. He starts jerking himself and I'm like, is that what this means? Like, what is happening? Basically, she's playing fucking dead. Yeah. So he could and he, her yeah, he, in a necrophiliac. Right. Because he starts way. out just touching himself, which is like kind of weird, but like, okay. Right. But then he starts to actually have sex with her, you know, pretend lifeless body. Right. Like she's not moving. The implication yeah. here is that he likes to have sex with unconscious women. And then I turned to Alberto and I was like, well, I don't know. Is this better than if he like, maybe you need. Cheated? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. I'm... What I was getting at is kind of like how when parents tell their kids, like their teenagers, oh, like if you're going to drink, I'd rather you drink at home. Yeah. If you're going to fuck unconscious women, I'd rather you do it at home. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Don't go out. We're going to play this game. Don't yeah. go out and rape strange women. Just like do it with me. But um, also... What if he is a necrophiliac, though? I mean, we never find out, but... We don't. It's I mean, something I didn't I need to know. Of. No. <laughs> so. But sorry. It was just going back to some, like, okay, just, like, weird, very weird jerking off scenarios we are given yes. in this movie. There's one more, too, and we'll get to uh, that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Third time's the charm. Stop. So, okay, jacked off his dad. All right. <laughs> Cross that off the list. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Never have um, to do it again. Then there's this weird conversation where Anna has with Steven, where it's now come up about Martin's dad. And she's kind of trying to get to the bottom of like, did you kill him? Like, what happened? And he goes, a surgeon can never kill a patient. Yes. Only an anesthesiologist can. Mm-hmm. In terms of this scenario. 
So I'm like, okay, whatever. Weird. You're covering your ass, but fine. Right. And also, because that just doesn't really seem like it makes sense because a surgeon could easily nick an artery or something if they're not paying attention. Super easy for a surgeon to kill a patient. Like, I don't find that. Right. It was not a convincing argument whatsoever. No. But he loves to do this thing with her because she's an eye doctor. And so he's constantly putting down like her branch of medicine at one point when they're talking about the kids and their medical diagnoses and whatever. He's like, no offense, but like, you know, if he needs an eye exam, you're the first person I'll come to. But this is like way out of your league. And she was like, all right. But again, oh, yes. Did not get as angry as she should have. (laughs) No. And also in the beginning of the movie, too, it's. She mentions that, oh, Bob mentioned he wants to be an ophthalmologist. Mm, yes. Because that kind of comes back. It does. So I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now Anne is starting to get suspicious, which finally, let's get some detective work going, shall we? Mm. So she goes to talk to Ed, the friend, the anesthesiologist guy. And Ed says the complete fucking opposite to her yep. <laughs> and says, surgeons are the ones that kill patients, not the anesthesiologist. Right. So maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, maybe in the middle. Like, I'm just in this bubble right now. Like, can you help me? Right. And, um, yeah, the only way that she's going to get info is if she jerks him off in his car. Which she does. And we have to see it. So we have to see it. And again, here we go. That emotionless face just listening to him give her information while she's motioning. Yep. Jerking him off. Doing the jerk off. Yep. But. Yeah, so he does kind of tell her, yes, Stephen was drinking the day of the surgery and confirms her suspicions that he was probably responsible for the outcome. Was that worth a handy in the car park? Probably no. not. <laughs> Could have assumed it right? on my own. And honestly, yeah, she, she didn't even need to know the truth to confront him with it. She could have just walked up to yeah. him and been like, I, I know you were drunk. He did try to yeah, deny it, was- it, but like, whatever. So, yeah, so go ahead. No, I'm, I don't know what's next. Of... <laughs> you um, have to help me. The cause... next, honestly, the next thing I have on my note says pube shaming. Pube shaming. Oh, I don't know. If it... Oh, wait, I vaguely remember this. He's having a, they're having like an argument, yeah. I guess you could call it that, because it's again very monotone. Yeah. And he says something about her like not having pubes anymore. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Like, what a, it was a weird, yeah, again, weird it was dig. a weird conversation that had nothing to do with fucking anything else. But I was like, whoa, pube shaming. Okay. Well, because like at this point she confronts him, right? And then he has to tell her what's going on. Yeah. And again, she just accepts it. It's, totally okay with the scenario and then it seemed the knowledge seems to trickle down to the children at some point but i don't remember them ever being involved in an actual conversation no and everybody's cool with it yeah again nobody's panicking nope literally nobody's panicking throughout this whole no and actually this is where it gets weird because everybody starts like kind of trying to garner favor with steven so that they're not the one he picks to kill. It is, but this is bizarre. The, it is because this is the best part too. They decide <laughs> we're wasting so much fucking money having these kids be in the hospital. Right, because Kim is also sick at this point. Oh yeah, right. Kim, Sorry, she's, Kim loses she's now loses the, the use of her legs. Although Martin seems to bring it back at one point when she's talking to him. Yeah, on she the seems cell to phone. be able to. Yeah, she can come to the window, but then he's not there because he's a dick. Yeah, like, I don't understand that whole thing. But whatever. I, I thought he wasn't real at that point. I was like, oh my god, is he like a ghost or something? <laughs> oh god, that's all we needed for this. I would have been like, no way. So they decide we're gonna just set up this room that looked very 60s-esque in our home and put hospital beds and just have them pumped with fluids and they're gonna just be in hospital beds at home right so okay fine so this is when it gets more uncomfortable (laughs) it's so uncomfortable so (laughs) we find out that steven has now tied martin up in the basement (laughs) kidnap martin (laughs) And this is, again, where that, like, aw, sweet kid moment kind of comes out. Because he's like, my mom's going to be really worried where I am. It's yeah. Like, uh, Which is probably true because she's a fucking psycho. <laughs> she is. Surprised she didn't call the police or come bang their door down. But then again, I find her to be probably like an alcoholic that doesn't know what the fuck's going okay, on. Okay. Maybe. 
I think she would notice that Martin was missing. Seems like maybe because he did say that left. he helps her a lot. But um, yeah, I also found for a very elaborately gorgeous home that that basement was like not finished and looked like yeah, a, it should be a game creepy. room or something. Like yeah, like there was a pool table, but it also looked like a dungeon. So I guess right. this it wasn't out. finished. It was just like concrete and stuff. Yeah. So he ties him up and lets Anna know she comes down. She's like, what have you done? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this like, is not helping. do this. It's not. But again. Yep. Oh, okay. Flat you did this. Affect. Not great. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm going back upstairs. Okay. Bye. So now we see Kim and Bob having a conversation. Although it's very one-sided because Kim is fucking weird as shit. I really can't stand her. And she <laughs> goes, I can't believe I lost two MP3 players in a day. And I'm like, how? You're sitting in a fucking bed in one room. Yeah. What do you lose it? Yeah. But whatever, fine. And then she's like, like, when you die, can I have yours? <laughs> and it's like, you are the biggest see you next Tuesday ever. <laughs> yeah. And is this around the time when Steven goes to their school and talks Not to their yet. teacher? Oh, okay. Because that, that part really upset it's me. Come, oh, yeah. No, it's coming right <laughs> after. Okay. But I do have to make the point where I think Bob's catching on and he's starting to get scared. And he crawls out of bed and he starts to cut his hair. Because in the beginning of the movie, Stephen had said he wanted him to cut his hair. Right. So he starts cutting his own hair. And he crawls into the kitchen where Stephen is. Stephen, again, not concerned this kid's crawled out of bed. Sure. Does not give a shit. Yep. And Bob, oh my, I kind of wanted to cry because it was so I sad. I know. He's like, Dad, look, I cut my hair just like you wanted. And he goes, and guess what? I want to be a cardiologist. Yeah. And he's just sucking up to him so bad. Right. He's like, I'm going to go water the plants now. And I'm like, oh, my God, this poor fucking child. Seriously, it's so I was awful. So sad. And I was starting to wonder if we were if this was turning into a black comedy, because it it seems like absurd that this is the mm. reaction of these people, because Nicole, Kim, I'm sorry, why did I call her Nicole Kim? And all of a sudden we've been calling her Anna this whole time <laughs> because Anna like puts on the dress he likes or whatever and it's a very submissive vibe yeah and she presents herself to him naked like hey let's have sex it's just like yeah oh god like seriously over your own children because wouldn't a good mother be like kill me like let the kids survive kind of thing but yeah no that's not what happens no it is absolutely not what happens so it's after this that Stephen then goes to the school to talk to the principal. So and he's up. kind of basically trying to figure out which kid he's going to sacrifice by how good they do in school. Right. Yeah. Who's smarter? Like, is one of them a genius? Like, can I make money off of one of these kids by, by having so... them cure cancer? And then even asking about, like, behavioral issues. Like, is one of them more well-behaved than the other? And he's basically trying to put it on the school principal to tell him. Because he's like, if you had to pick one. Who would you say is the better yeah. kid? And, and, the and the principal's like, I feel really uncomfortable answering this, so I'm not going to. <laughs> the only one with a conscience in this movie. Seriously, and maybe the only person who has the appropriate reaction to something. He did, though, mention that Kim wrote a paper on the tragedy of... Right, the thing Virginia. that this is based on, yada yada. Yeah, it's just... It's wild. And as that's happening, we see that Anna brings the kids down to the basement to see Martin. And she goes over to Martin and she kisses his feet. Yeah, this is weird because what is that? Is she attempting to sweet talk him or right. appease the demon within? Like whatever is making this happen. I Right, like is she like surrendering herself? That's right. Down, but I... Uh, it's never explained didn't phase him yeah right it changes nothing and again the kids have no fucking reaction to it Mm -hmm. like i don't know if her kissing his feet or being down there with him he put something in her head because then that night they're in bed and she goes listen let's just kill one we could have another one and it's like (laughs) what right and again like this this just doesn't feel like the mentality of a mother you know you hear all these stories about parents sacrificing themselves for their children and that is not this story whatsoever everyone is a selfish piece of shit (laughs) i was just so shocked because again we're getting no demeanor nothing and she literally says she's like listen (laughs) 
We could always have another one. Let's just off one of them and let's end this. And it's like, and I found it also odd too, at that point, he had not made a choice yet. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't she getting any symptoms yet? Yeah, it takes her a long time to, and actually she never gets symptoms. She never does. Yeah. So I wonder. So I found that. Yeah. I wonder if maybe as an adult. The feet did it? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I didn't really think about, because it took a while for Kim to get sick after Bob got sick. So maybe they, like, it just hadn't happened yet for her. It was on some kind of timeline, but it did seem to affect Bob a lot more than it affected Mm -hmm. Kim. So maybe body size matters or age matters. If you're older, maybe you can fight it off for longer. I don't know. Again, never explained. So we can can only guess. Is this when Kim sneaks out to to see Martin? Yes. She slithers all the way down to the basement to be like. We can run away together. I'll untie you like we can. And it's like, no, you can't run. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Right. But she does end up getting out because then. And it cracks me up because, again, she can't get far. Right. But, but they, they take a, a really full long time. sweep of the house. Full sweep, as though, like, full the sweep. most obvious location would not be the basement where Martin is. But okay. So they're, like, searching everywhere for her. They finally get in the car and they start looking through the neighborhood and they find her dragging herself down the sidewalk. So her knees are bloody all bloody. fucking knees. It was gross. And uh, they get back to the house and it's the next morning or whatever. And all of a sudden, they're in their wheelchairs watching TV. Yeah, which, why did it take so long for them to think of wheelchairs? Like, they were dragging themselves around for half the movie. Like, (laughs) wheelchair. Obvious choice. (laughs) And, like, they don't have, like, a nurse to take care of them. Well, they live with medical professionals, though. That I would assume have, you know, day jobs, but whatever. Right. Yeah. They We never see them go to work after we this. We never see them. No. <laughs> we don't like, know how, how much time you? is elapsed, to be fair. We don't know. Could have happened over the weekend. Could have. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It could have been a very short time span, I would hope. Yeah. Or just a week at that. So, yeah. Bob's eyes start to bleed. And this gross man. Oh, uh, I was dreading this. As soon as Martin said this was going to be one of the symptoms, I was like, oh, fuck. I don't want to see that. Ugh, I'm just thinking about it. it grossed me out so much. Like one tear is fine, but it was not one. They tier. did it pretty well though, because I don't know what I thought it was gonna look like, but it actually looked like his eyes were bleeding. Like if eyes yeah. bled, this is what it would look like. Uh huh. And here we go, another fucking bitch moment from Kim. The way she yells, <laughs> but she's so excited. She's like, "Dad, Bob's dying," <laughs> and it's like have a little sympathy. Like, what is that's your brother, you fucking bitch. Right, and also I think it's. I mean, I guess she was calling him because he could kill him, I suppose. But because I think if Bob died of and I'm putting natural in quotes of natural causes, that wouldn't count as the sacrifice. I I, guess. I think they would just continue to die one at a time until Stephen was the one to to kill the person. So. Right. So they would just be suffering basically till their end. Yeah. So she I guess maybe she was calling him over to be like, okay, well, Bob's got one foot in the grave, so you might as well off him. Right. But it doesn't make any sense because he could kill anybody and then Bob would recover. So it's not like. Right. And that makes him any more dead. In relation, again, to the Greek tragedy, she does offer to sacrifice herself. And Mm -hmm. he's like, no. And I'm like, why? She's a bitch. Just fucking do it. And I don't know why she does that. I wouldn't have thought twice. I would have been like, yeah. I <laughs> well, all right. If somebody wants to die in this room, I guess we'll kill you. Oh, Because to that point, nobody wanted to die. So, um, yeah, we're taking volunteers. <laughs> like, she was really close to Martin. I'd, of course I'd take her out first because it's like, yeah, we don't trust her. Fucko. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is weird. Uh, Anna <laughs> was very weird at this moment, as if she wasn't the whole movie, but. Yeah, redundant. Basically, Stephen calls her downstairs and he's like we're meeting in the living room or whatever and she's like where are the kids he's like they're there already and oh god she's like okay i'll wear that black dress you like yeah all right for your execution great that's like that's gonna tip the scales like (laughs) oh yeah let me just wear this nice black dress right like that's gonna be the the deciding factor he's not gonna look in your direction you're safe stupid so they're downstairs and he has Bob taped to the couch, Kim taped to a chair, Anna taped to a chair. And then he covers their heads with pillowcases. And I'm like, oh, you're going to do this dirty. You're just going to, like, 
pick one, but you don't want anyone to see who you're picking, and it's just going to be a... No, no, no. that's not what he does. No, he actually does something stupider than that. <laughs> Fucking the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. He wears a beanie, because at first I'm like, why is he wearing a beanie? That's what, what he said. You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Looks great, but no, Yeah, he's got to look like a thug while he does it. And it's with a shotgun, okay? So right. let's just... The whole look is off. Then he pulls it down. I'm like, oh, he's going to do this blindfolded. Sure. <laughs> and he decides to do the whole like, oh, spin in a circle. Forehead on a bat, spin in a circle. Dizzy bat. The worst game of dizzy bat ever. <laughs> the worst. Because instead of figuring out where you are first, then shooting. No, he just blatantly Randomly fires. So he misses the first several shots because he's just yeah. shooting into the couch or the wall or whatever. There are so many ways he could have done this randomly. Yeah. This is probably like the worst way. <laughs> have them pick a number. Something. Right. Or spin the gun like a spin the bottle kind of situation. There you go. And then yep. whoever it lands on, you just pick. I guess he didn't want to see who he was shooting while he was shooting them. I guess that's part of it fair maybe he didn't want to know yeah i mean it's just like fucking stupid (laughs) but inevitably he shoots bob bob like literally the like i wanted least deserving yeah this poor innocent child who just oh my god i i was so sad and not just because he was like the youngest like he just seemed like the most level-headed the most pure too like he just he was so cute and you know i i understand you're just like of kim but anna really dropped in my estimation when she like suggested killing one of the children and having another one so uh, like between the two of them i was like kill one of those bitches like i don't i don't care bob was literally the only one that i would have felt sad about dying and he's the one who dies and he's the one who died and i was just oh yeah, and at so first I thought he was just going to kill them all because the fact that he put, you know, he tied them all up. He put yeah. up, like I thought he was just going to full blown execution style, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the case. Okay, so this is where um my confusion lies. Mm-hmm. So now that someone sacrificed, right? How did the symptoms just disappear from the other people? Well, was again, that part of the magic. Or again, the fuck I this do, is? I do think that that's why I'm leaning towards it not being able to be explained by poison or some some other sort of maneuver. Like I do right. think there was something weird and otherworldly going on here, and that's why it's just so bizarre to me. It's never addressed because we're not given an explanation for it. We don't understand the rules, but yes, the symptoms just totally clear up for Kim, and I guess Anna never had any, so it's totally fine for her. And they just go on with their lives. Like, nothing happened. This scene, the whole movie was odd, but this was the oddest because they're at the diner. Mm-hmm. The particular one that Stephen would to meet, meet up at. with Martin. Yeah. And, you know, very quiet family of three now eating. But you could tell that, like, Kim is back to her, you know, sassy bitch self. And Martin walks in and goes and sits, like, at the bar. They whatever. ignore him. Except they for They ignore him. Except for, of course. And they just kind of, like, stare each other down a little bit. They're like, granted it looked like they just got their food, but they're like, we're fucking getting up. <laughs> yeah. And as they walk out, there's, like, that gleam of light, like they're walking into heaven, kind of. Like, oh. the way the sun comes in, like, it's behind it's them. So you don't see anything nice but, like, symbolism. This, right? There's this nice shine of mm-hmm. light. But each one of them look back at him. And then it cuts to black and we're done. And that's just how it ends. Yeah. And I mean, what I would love to know is how they explain to anybody how one of their children ended up dead mm-hmm. from a gunshot wound. Because if it, it would be one thing if, it, if Bob had died from his illness, but he died from a gunshot wound. So nobody got arrested. Right. The only uh, positive, and I put that in quotes, for their side of the story, I guess, is he was shot, like, in the chest, so that could be covered up. It could still have an open casket. Okay, but... They could hide that. But I mean, for they the authorities? Well, I'm also thinking, whatever cosmic power, <laughs> what if it just cleared up all that shit? Healed him? <laughs> not healed him, but, like... Oh, like, made everybody made forget? That, or Made not that care? part of it not be how he died. Like, oh, he died from whatever that weird illness was. 
but like sure i mean again we don't we don't know so i guess we can use the curse to explain a lot of things that didn't make sense in this movie because there's no one to tell us we can't (laughs) two and a half pages oh my god that was a fucking wild trip like i i could not believe my eyes (laughs) that or my ears and it's funny because as i'm watching it we even said it i was like watch i end up liking this movie I knew you would kind of back and forth. <laughs> and I don't hate it as much as you do. Okay. But also what the fuck? Like I'm not I'm not giving it props for any reasons <laughs> because I don't have any particular there's no point in this movie that I said I, I could recommend it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Or say you've gotta watch it because of this. No, I have right. none. There's nothing. Yeah. Um maybe just the, the donut scene, which was kind of weird. <laughs> Or the finger sucking you scene because that was you gotta see that to believe it. <laughs> you gotta see it to believe it. Oh no! But yeah, no. Again, because of its lack of excitement or any type of liveliness, it really, you know, will yeah. it stay with me for a little while? Probably because R.I.P. Bob. But. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you agreed to do it because as soon as it was over, I was like, I need to talk to Dawn about this movie. Like, <laughs> we have to discuss it. And I think I even said to you, I'm like, we don't have to do it for the podcast, but I just need you to watch it. <laughs> I just Please. need to watch it. And it's so funny because there are so many movies that I have done that to the point where I have made a list. <laughs> we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. We're, we're starting to. Yeah. Um, Chipping away. But yeah, no, it's definitely like... It is one of those ones. You see it and it's a mind fuck and you're like, okay, I have to make sure I'm not losing my mind. So I need to talk about it a thousand percent. But wow, what a ride. Yeah. What a ride. It's two hours too long. And that was another thing I said to you. I yeah. said, I get very discouraged when I see that two hour and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. am I going to be wasting two hours of my life? Right. Because not only is it a bad movie, but now it's a bad movie that you're stuck watching for two hours. <laughs> But again, luckily, it gave me that incentive of just sticking with it because I needed to know what happened. Was I satisfied? Absolutely not. No. Well, it's over now and we can just completely purge it from our hard drives. (laughs) And not to discourage people from watching it, but don't worry, no animals were harmed. Yes. In the making of this Only people. Only people. Which is fine. Which is fine. (laughs) Because there was a dog in this movie, and I was concerned for its well-being. Oh, I got nervous. The dog was fine. (laughs) I got nervous. Dog was fine. Yeah. But yeah, so that's our first new movie of November. Woohoo! We have coming up, which is one of the ones that I've seen that you have not seen. Mm -hmm. The Lie with Joey King, who I'm very iffy about her as an actress. Yeah. She's kind of hit or miss for me. I don't have, like, a crazy opinion about her, Mm -hmm. but... This particular movie, I remember my cousins recommended it to me. They're like, it's on Amazon. Watch it, whatever. And I watched it and I got to the end and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> I had one of those reactions and I'm like, that's it. I got to write this one down. And this is part of us doing the podcast. So it just was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Just really like, throwing it back. We're going to have to do this at some point. And uh, I'm going to have to rewatch. It's been a while. And when I was trying to pick a movie, I was like, all right. And there's someone that there's some on the list that I'm like, I gotta take this off. I actually really liked this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. I mean, I'd love to make the list shorter because I feel bad yes. that it's so long. <laughs> I know. I was looking at it too, and I'm like, oh fuck, I added a lot to this shit. But we did take a lot off. So yes, yes, we've made good. progress for sure. Yes, and then um, we have a break for Thanksgiving, and then the final week we are going to do Hatching, which neither of us have seen, no. but. Given We're intrigued. Synopsis, yeah, it's on the list because it's uh could be right up our alley for mm. this. So we shall see how that goes. Yep. But yeah, you know the drill and you know where to find us. Um, so be sure to check out our socials so you can get all the updates. And is there anything you would like to add? Absolutely. So today, November 9th, is... National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day. And as a person who loves a Chicky Sammy, I will absolutely (laughs) be celebrating. (laughs) A Chicky Sammy. (laughs) Actually, there's a place in Spain that we used to order takeout from that is so good. And one, but they have really weird delivery hours. 
So one oh. day, all I wanted was a Chicky Sammy. And Alberto goes to order and he was like, oh, they're closed today. It was like two o'clock on a Sunday. And I was like, what is this fucking Chick-fil-A? So we ordered from Wendy. We ordered from like another fast food place and I got a Chicky Sammy. And when they delivered it, instead of a Chicky Sammy, they gave me a hamburger. <laughs> and I was so sad because all I wanted was a Chicky Sammy. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, Tragic. They hit the spot. When they're done right, they yes. hit the spot. Yeah. Ugh. So I hope everybody gets their Chicky Sammy today. Yeah. Chicky Sammy Day, November 9th. You're welcome. And until next time.